And welcome everyone to uh, another episode of On the Flight Line. This episode is going to be just uh, a little bit different. Um, we're not we're not going to have a guest this time. We just wanted to kind of have a special Christmas episode. So uh, we might have a few little pop-up guests show up. But um, it's me and Jade here, uh, producer Jade. We're, we'll just talk about some of the highlights I think we've had this 2019. This is the first year we've done this podcast. You know, six guests that we've had, all with tremendous stories. I think it's just been They're really, all different. It's all different, never the same, yeah. you know. And then it, it's just been great, you know. We've had Dave Wensley, uh, Dan Oldwidge, um, Bud Carter, Don Nichols, um, Bob Morrell, and Bill Pemberton was the last guest of the season. So it's it's really, I think, been just a tremendous year for us getting the stories so that so we, we, we wanted to just kind of highlight the year because you know lion air museum turning 10 this year is so amazing 10 years of lion air museum when were you here when did you start december 2013 so six years six years yeah. to the month so it's you you were journey. you were you were the same thing too right you six I years was to was october 28th the 20 oh okay 2013 13 so we're the same yeah. six years six years of uh of dedicating ourselves here to yeah but you were a volunteer yeah for a while before you before know and I, I, I snooped you in <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i mean i enjoyed it you know it was great because the people you got to meet you know I, i've met so many different kinds of people heard so many different stories mm -hmm. and it's really i think just been special and it's it's really set the stone for me to continue you know being part of aviation and you know kind of continuing that study of aerospace engineering with me right now in college so i think really it was so helpful to to lay the stepping stones because you've i've met so many like you've mm -hmm. from veterans that you know that were on the b-17 to engineers that work for mcdonald douglas and boeing so it's really been so did you wanted to do aviation this whole time yeah i think you know because it's been what is it? The, what really started it was, I took my first flight uh, on a on a on an airplane. I think when I was like three, and it was on a MD eleven, which mm -hmm. was with those three engined ones with the big engine in the back. This is so weird. <laughs> but it was it was I was flying on it was Swiss Air. We're going to Switzerland. It was my first international trip, my first plane ride ever. Well, you I were three like, when I was three. <laughs> It was, and I I loved it because you know the the you know even though it's a metal tube, y you remember? Yes, I remember. That's crazy. And I remember because I remember I had wearing a, a denim jacket because it was we were going in winter. It was December over there, and I remember that we got on the plane with the, I was wearing full on denim on denim, <laughs> and we went we we went on that trip, and that's all I remember was the flight. I don't Aww. remember the entire trip. I only yeah. remember the flight. It's crazy how you remember just spurts of things. Just spurts, yeah. It's just the little things, you yeah. know. I don't remember like my childhood much, but I do remember when I was like six years old, I threw up on my birthday because I had bananas and Sprite, Coke <laughs> together. Oh, that's a bad combo. And I threw up. But yeah. <laughs> Oof. That's so all you remember. Little things. It's the little things that, and then they engrave in your head, mm -hmm. like for your life. Didn't you get into Emery Riddle? I did. Why didn't I you did. go? I, I thought it was, you know, it would have been a great opportunity, I think, to have gone out of state and to do that, you know. But, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I was thinking about just the long term, you know, you know, 
I know I would have met a lot of great people over there, but I, I know I don't know what, what what dragged me away. Really was I think, you know, just you know, college is just really expensive, mm-hmm. and the thought of you know paying for your paying for house, yeah. your living, mm-hmm. your because cost of living, you know, here yes, you know, I have you know I can still be at home, be at home, you know, and it would have been nice, you know, to be on my own. But thanks, baby boomers. I'm <laughs> 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 just kidding. But no, but I think it, 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 it would, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and, you know, right after I graduated high school, I got the opportunity to come here, you know, to, you know, to start working mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. you know, three years ago. was. You've learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot. We've d- I've done You've things. You've given that I, so much. Yeah. So. I've done things I never thought I would have done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't have thought a year ago, literally, we would be doing this show mm-hmm. or we would be heavily invested in the media side mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. really I, you know i had just come in to, to do front desk work and then yeah. they, later on you you see this expansion that we've done for the past year you know not that's not, how i was too i was front desk just like you yeah same for you yeah yeah you know not not not, not that we're you know not that we're like trying to be like oh you know we're doing so great you know i'm just saying like overall like we've grown as a museum you know in the past and, you know, to have it on, you know, the 10-year anniversary year is really something special as well. So it adds both together. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about your interest in aviation. <laughs> when did it spark for you? I know it was later in, yeah. in your life, you yeah, know. And I wish it wasn't. Because you see I wish it. I loved it when I was a kid so that I can not waste my time and just get my pilot's license and... Mm-hmm start flying but now i'm 29 years old and trying mm-hmm. to get my pilot's license and it's kind of weird we're in a weird time yeah, right now but you know but you know it's great that you know that you you came part of being yeah to be a part of life yeah it's only been like a couple of years i mean i didn't really i was actually afraid of airplanes <laughs> it's kind of scary to fly but when you when, when you did that when did that change was it when you flew on I on flew the bomber what was the first flight on a on a, on a World War Two bomber that you took? Working uh, here, nine oh nine, the B seventeen. Yeah, the that's what got me in there. So that was like two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. So I got a flight on that airplane and uh, never turned back. Yeah, and now we loved we're, it. Yeah, and now it's aviation all the way, right? Yeah, all the way, every day. Like if you're not talking aviation, don't mm-hmm. talk to yeah. me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's always one of those, right? Yeah. You, you you got you sparked the idea, you know. But it's talk about Google. I don't care about Google. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's 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 weird how you know when once you get to experience flying on those things, you really see how everything yeah. works. You mm-hmm. know, teamwork and you know the the effort it takes to keep you know the planes maintained yeah, and all that. Yeah. You know, we saw that when we went to go see Sentimental Journey in oh Palm yeah. Springs. Yeah. Right, and how they really. You know, every little bit, you know, they all work together. It mm-hmm. had to be a team effort because, you know, you can't really do it by yourself. You had to have everyone together. I think it means more to me the fact that there's 17, 18-year-old guys in, during World War II flying these things mm-hmm. because, I mean, I don't think we could do that nowadays. Kids mm-hmm. our age. No, and now everything's... <laughs> I feel like we never mount up to it. Yeah, and now everything's more tech with technology. Yeah. You know, you got the drones now, which yeah. is their version of what how they're you know doing a lot of those things so. speaking of that i'm holding an article that we were featured on it's mm. called autostrada. autostrada and michael 
Luciani wrote wrote about us and he wrote here's a quote which is a lovely magazine yeah the hope that cars bring in the next generation of both cars and aviation lovers and inspire kids to carry on traditions and honor those who came before them in an age where people can get thousands of likes for the most inane accomplishments Lion Air Museum aims to demonstrate that true people deserving recognition were those young folks maintaining and flying B-17s into battle who have very l- real chance of not making it home. That hits it. Like, that hits that, it. that makes it like, oh my gosh, like our, the mission that we, we are in right now and mm-hmm. that we're doing, it feels right. Yes, and I know, and it's, it, it feels right because, you know, the future generation, it's, 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 you know, as time goes on, you know, a lot less people know about the little details of what happened, you know. Yeah. These were so young in these planes, you know. A bare sheet of metal is what kept them inside. It's crazy. You know, 30,000, 35,000 feet in the air, you know, not, you know, for the most part, not pressurized. Mm-hmm. So it was cold. It was, you know, yeah. wearing up a lot of protective gear. So it, it was, it's a really different time now. And I think, you know, Overall, you know, Lion Air Museum really helps develop and enforce that education aspect of it mm-hmm. with through the districts and through mm-hmm. all that. And especially now with the new education programs that are a part of it. Right. What was our number for school kids? Do you remember? It was like 20,000 kids walked through mm-hmm. here. Through the, I think, what, the, the, is it through the, the tent, the, how long we've been doing the program? Yeah. Yeah, and it's great because... You know, a lot of people y- take inspiration to that. You know, I, like I talked about in episode with Bob Morrell, that um, a, a couple came in um, who had come here during their Newport Mesa days, and they said, "Oh, uh, the, the the guy had said, oh, you know, I decided to get my pilot's license, you know, because the people that I've met here at the tour and also along the way, you know, then that inspired me to, to become That's part crazy. of aviation. So it's crazy like to me. see it." Yeah, <laughs> like they were here in sixth grade doing that yeah, same thing, yeah. and now You're they're talking about Noah, huh? Yes. Aww. So you know, it's it's great. It's crazy. it's crazy now, and you know, but it's also weird the, the fact that you know, when we see these kids, you know, we watch them, you know, some of them grow over the years, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. One. That's the crazy <laughs> part. See how much you grew. I know. You know, I started here sophomore year of high school. Oh my gosh. Sophomore year of high school was. You're like going to graduate college. And if we're being all honest here, was terrified to come in to <laughs> Docent. I was mortified. See, that was when we used to take high school kids. We don't. Yeah, we don't I know. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's quite. It's because. But, you know, I was, you know, I was trained and was mortified to come in because I hated doing that kind of public speaking one on one type mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after a year had gone by it slowly became like second knowledge because mm-hmm. you know you're brand new you don't know what's going on you don't know anyone i was only doing one three hours a, a day was everything was just all over the place and i was you know i was yeah, terrified yeah. so i would always be so scared to come in but then once i was here you know the docents were all very nice they yeah. all you know yeah. if you had any questions you they're more than welcome to yeah. answer and you know and you know i thank uh walt bowl for I training me about him. yeah he trained me six years ago and unfortunately no longer with us but you know he you know helped you know kind of he he was the first person to use that new training program we did oh really yeah i actually i was the first i was the (laughs) 
you were. I was the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. I was the guinea pig to the whole thing, and it was, you know, but it was a good program, which is what we use today. We fi- fine-tune things, and everything is put back together. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a great way for to learn, and I think you learn more by being here than what you learn in the books. You know, you learn about the little knick-knack and little details that a lot of people don't see. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's great and recommend really anyone who wants to, you know, who loves aviation, whether you're what in your 20s or in your 70s, you know, come check out, you know, yeah, if you're yeah. into aviation. It's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And there's many programs, I think, to be a part of. You don't have to be the docent program. You can do archive stuff. You can do library. Yeah. Media I've stuff. found that a lot of people who come here and they're really um, interested, they they really get into it like Aaron. Yes, that's yeah, right. Like Our Air, me- yeah. I mean, I think she it sparked when she saw the Collings, I think. Yes. She, she came here and saw the Collings Foundation, and she was like, oh, my gosh, what is this world? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this Warbird thing we're talking about? Yeah, it's and all she different. And a member, yeah. and now she's like a Warbird freak mm-hmm. like us. So it's And now good friends of cool. the museum. So it's mm-hmm. like. Hi, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, Erin listens. Hi, Erin. <laughs> Um, but you know it, it's it's great to see you know and members that you know we've seen over the past couple of years right yeah, you know like Mark Hoyer mm-hmm. Ian and they've all be- become great friends of the museum yeah. and volunteers volunteers Family. and all that so it's great you mm-hmm. know to see it and what you know like. and then you watch the little kids grow too right all the little we <laughs> 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 started out as little babies I remember one I think I don't, I don't know if they're still members now but I remember when they were first born and then six years later I've seen them now they're all grown up with their little toy airplane they're walking in and i'm like yeah i'm getting old (laughs) you're getting old i'm only 22 (laughs) but you know (laughs) but no it's like it's it's great you know and i think overall the museum is 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 continuing that mission you Mm -hmm. know to educate you know to keep the the greatest generation in aviation alive and i think that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. i think it's great yeah Mm -hmm. who was your favorite guest guest here like, on per- the flight line oh on the flight line yeah oh gosh they were all so great but i think the one that i wouldn't say in, in enjoy but to, for him to tell his story was dan oldwich <sighs> i think his he picked um, my favorite oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think you know what he had gone through it's crazy it's when crazy you read it. but it was even more crazier to when hear you it meet him. when you meet him because behind the words there was emotion and i think when when you listen to that episode yeah you know, for when people who he haven't was listened, he was gonna break it yes I was like it was when i think he stop? had gone yeah i think it's when he had gone to that certain camp right i think camp 12 when they were traveling to china yes or, yeah yeah he had, yeah it was about and then he was already in the river and yeah. they were getting to shower and mm-hmm. you saw how skinny he was oh, yeah that and broke that was, my heart yeah and that 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 was the i think that that interview itself was just yeah you need to go back to listen to that you yeah. have not <laughs> that'll be episode two <laughs> you know swipe along your podcast you can find it he's awesome too and he's he's a great man and mm-hmm. we just read the uh that one article what Which was one? that the the 76 page um oh uh, yes the yes mission. the um which one was that one the uh Let's look that up real quick was that the prisoner of war transactions? Remember, there was an exchange. Was it that one? 
It is called The Transfer of U.S. Yes. Korean War POWs to the Soviet Union. Yes, I remember that one. And his name is listed on that. He brings sandwiches to us <laughs> every Friday that he's here. It's yes. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the Friday, yeah, the Friday cruise is one of the. It's, it's so much fun because it is a mixture of people, but it, it's the one time really. If I think, if anyone is listening right now, on to come and see World War Two veterans. I think yeah, we Fridays. Have Fridays, we it's have our fun days. it's our fun day with uh, Dan Oldwidge is here, uh, George Emerson, as um, well. Great, yeah, Bud Carter, Bud Carter, great people to talk to. Yeah, F eighty six. Dave Wensley's comes as well. John All of which Mary. have been guests, a guest on the show. Oh so. yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you know, if you want to see guys. them in person, um, Fridays is the best day. Friday mornings is the yep. best time to come. You know, twenty nineteen has just been a year of events for us here, back to back. You know, sometimes even as well. Of course, um, we hope for twenty twenty to be another great year of events as well. Yeah. But you know, we just kind of kind of wanted to highlight some of those events um, this we, year. Uh, what was your what was your best event you think best event mm-hmm. like seeing people wise or my personal favorite yeah your personal favorite i think you know it oh it would have to be hmm that's a good one i think for like 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 seeing the you know it would be the ford trimotor i mm-hmm. think that was because it was the first time for it being here at the museum and I think that was, I think, really spectacular to see that plane because for, be- for those people that have seen the tri-motor, it is amazing. Amazing and Spectacular. And, you know, it's metals. It's just, just metal, metal and wood. And, yeah. you know, even though it wasn't the original seats in the plane, they say it was, I think, some type of wool. Yeah, that was a cool one. We, we hope to get it back mm-hmm. um, soon. Mm-hmm. But I think so. I think, we, I think we have a special guest coming into the show. I think it's... Oh, hello. It's Mark. It's our boss. It's our boss. <laughs> but always welcome Please to the sit. show, uh, president of the museum, Mark Foster. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Jacket. How are you? What's that? You brought your jacket? Well, I wasn't sure. It's freezing in here. It's it freezing on this side. <laughs> you got your jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I really started the show. Oh. I didn't get a chance to go. Um, but welcome. You know, it's your first guest yeah. appearance on our, our show. Yep. And you've listened to yes all the episodes. Yeah. How do you think? Not, how, not all of not them. I have gotten through all of them. But most <laughs> they're of them, long. Yeah. They're long, yeah. but, you know, they're, they're oh, great no, stories. Oh, no, they're wonderful. I just need a quiet time to sit Could down <laughs> and listen to them because I don't want to miss anything. Mm-hmm. I've yes. saved a few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the museum is now turning 10, mm-hmm. right? Turn How, 10, I mean, yeah. you've been here since the official opening. When so, were you here? When's course. your first day? April 15th, 2008. When the wow. building was still being built. The building wasn't up yet. It was, the footings were in and there was mm-hmm. some steel sticking out of the ground, but it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, built yet. It wasn't built yeah. in yet. Cool. Cool, I know, right? Just to see, you know, to see that progression. And, you know, I've seen pictures of it. It's just the growing of the museum and to what it is today. So... Did you get a chance to put your input in on how you want it to look and stuff? Yeah, there was a lot of opportunities while we were doing it to, uh, you know, where do we want outlets? What do we want the f- mm-hmm. final look to be? Um, General Lyon and I were working, you know, it seemed like almost daily at times on finishes and things like that. That was really important. And there's a lot of things like you, you look at the, you know, the beams overhead, you know, that have all that fire protective stuff on them. 
they needed to be enclosed because if not they would have been ugly and general mm -hmm. line wanted to be really clean and all that so that's what that mm -hmm. corrugation is up mm -hmm. there and you know little things like you know the fire suppression system which is the water system mm -hmm. you know it was all kind of black galvanized and we had to decide hey, we're looking at it, go which mm -hmm. we do differently and so we came up with you know painting things silver and you know and then the idea of putting the flagpole out there and then the color of the building Mm -hmm. and the logos and all that stuff so that was all done that was stuff that uh, we were working on you know it seemed like at that time because it was happening so quickly it was almost daily daily look yeah. looking yeah. back at it and all that wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun class. it was a really exciting time you know picking artwork for the walls mm -hmm. and yeah. just everything mm -hmm. and, and general lion had his hand on all that you know he was you know he got mm -hmm. to to pick and choose and we were always presenting stuff mm -hmm. and kind of one of the funny stories was the the color of the floor so we know the you know the <laughs> floors and the walls are are, <laughs> are, 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 are white yes right? yeah. and so you know early on it was like okay we want our color to be white mm -hmm. we want it to be clean and that was something general lion was uh, you know really clear about so the builder they were doing a great job they they would give us samples of everything mm -hmm. and they brought us different samples of white which was kind of funny because white is just white Light's but white. so they brought these different samples and in fact they even painted squares in areas so that mm -hmm. we could look at the different colors and there was all these names you know there's like navajo white and arctic white and surprisingly and there's a lot of colors there's a lot of <laughs> colors of white right and everyone we looked at always had like well that's kind of got a little bit of a silver tint that's got mm -hmm. a little bit of a blue tint that's got a gray tint they were always they just weren't or tan or they just weren't exactly what we wanted and we kept saying don't you have something that's just like just just stark white and uh they finally came out and they painted a sample of this color both general line and i looked at it and we go that's exactly it what's that called and they said that one's called white <laughs> and so we Wait, <laughs> yeah. yeah so they gave us everything other than white and uh and again they were doing a great job they were giving us all these options but the ultimate color was white, white. and so that's what we have out there is plain just white white yeah I just wanted white. We try yeah. to keep that floors really clean. Yeah, I know. We that's, keep it. that's one yeah. of the comments that the guests yeah. give us all the time. Mm -hmm. You have really white floors. Yeah. Really clean floors. Yes. Yeah, yeah, when we first, you know, the first year, the, the comments we always heard, they walk in and people always, you know, because it's white, mm -hmm. walk in, it looks pretty neat. And it was the white floors, the big windows, mm -hmm. all the windows that look out onto the flight line, because people sometimes think we're next to the airport, but obviously we're on the airport. Mm -hmm. And then the observation deck, because that just gives you such a different perspective than you have if you're, you know, mm -hmm. just standing on the mm -hmm. floor. You get up there and you're looking down on these big monster airplanes, mm -hmm. right? So, so it was those three things that really set the museum mm -hmm. apart from you know other facilities. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that until like you know I went to other places <clears> and I'm like, oh, that's what people talk about when mm -hmm. they talk about our museum. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's di it's different, you know, yeah. when you see every other hanger. museum. Yeah. yeah, and every museum has their own personality, but I think yeah. you know we stand out. I think yeah. from the rest. Yeah. yeah. So it's those three items, and then the the biggest thing, you know, just without any doubt and no close second, is the uh, is the docents, the volunteers, mm -hmm. because they're the people who really bring the place to life. You know, without them, you walk in, it's just kind of this hangar with airplanes in it, and there's nothing, you know, but to have them tell their stories and share their experiences and all that, and that's what really, you mm -hmm. know, pushed it over the top. Makes it, yeah, makes, yeah. It, makes the experience we 100 some times. amazing guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad that... <clears throat> Most of them are gone. Yeah, you know, over the years, I and mean, you know, it's tough to think about, but over the years, uh, 
you know, every year we lose some because they're mm-hmm. of that age. You know, it's mm-hmm. the greatest generation. And, you know, these guys, when they started with us, they were in their, you know, early to mid-80s. And now they're in their mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, as time marches on, we're going to lose more and more of them. But the, the positive side is that we have some of the younger volunteers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I say younger, sometimes they're, they're 70s they're like and 80s. <laughs> but they're, they're hanging out with the with the world war ii guys and they're getting their stories and and you know being part of the doing part of the tours and everything and so i think there's a little bit of continuity as we move forward and then you know mm-hmm. we still have you know, a lot of that spirit of the greatest generation you know lived on during you know the you know the korean air war time yeah. and some of our veterans from the korean air war who are maybe too young to be in world war ii but mm-hmm. they're right there and yep. they're they're almost that same generation and so we've got a period of time with that and then you can still move on the world war ii guys who flew and fought and maintained airplanes and all that in world war ii maybe flew in korea but they may have finished their career still a flying career which is surprising in vietnam i had a couple of personal friends who flew as fighter pilots in world war ii and ultimately in vietnam flew as observation pilots wow. you know as a high-ranking observation pilot and coincidentally like the l-19 the yeah. o-1 bird dog yeah. um and so there's that again that continuity because we have the vietnam veterans who are our volunteer docents and those guys um you know they're they're still here and uh and they spent a lot of time with the world war ii guys so we still can tell that story and that's mm-hmm. what we ultimately want to do because mm-hmm. you know it's going to outlive all of us if we do it right you yeah. know, it'll be it'll be here to tell that story mm-hmm. and it may not be a first-hand account but it'll be pretty darn close yeah. yeah yeah um a lot of our listeners know who you are and of course you have really high followers on instagram but mm-hmm. you, you don't instagram. really you don't really express you know your life before this so like can you mm-hmm. tell our followers how you got into like aviation and warbirds and all that well sure if they want to know um, of course <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because the focus is really on the museum here but uh just do you want the one minute version or do you want the the long version the okay. long version well we don't have time for the long version but we'll we'll it's do it that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's, it's quite simple so um in a nutshell as quickly as i can you know start off like a lot of kids you know in junior high and high school i liked mechanical things motorcycles and you know, and cars and things like that. And so and it, I was even racing on the motorcycle side a little bit, uh, just amateur kind of stuff. And um, had a friend in, in high school, junior high and high school, mostly high school, who uh, was involved in aviation. And uh, he was always telling me, you got to come out to the, the airport, which was an airport in Chino, and say, you know, come on out and see this place. And I thought, okay, what do you do with airplanes? You know, it seemed neat to me, but it seemed kind of untouchable. It didn't seem like, you know, I couldn't get an airplane. I couldn't keep one at my house and I didn't know what it meant you know I could put a motorcycle in the garage but I couldn't do anything other than that so um, I I was working for a race car shop in Baldwin Park a guy named Earl Williams Williams Racecraft and uh, I was uh, helping him just you know grinding stuff and taking apart 56 Chevys and doing things like that and um, I had a day off he he was going to close the shop that day for whatever reason he had a personal thing to do it was a very small shop said so yeah i can't come in today how about tomorrow i said great so i hopped on my motorcycle and i had a street a street legal bike and i rode from glendora where i grew up out to chino and uh and to visit my friend who kept telling me to come check the place out and i walked in there and this was uh june of 1986 and so i walked in and there was one hangar and this is uh the other museum that were very good friends of lion air museum called planes of fame and i walked in there and uh, they had just one hangar at the time now they got i don't know seven or eight 
and there's this Corsair in the front of the hangar. And I just didn't realize how big those things were. I saw them on television. I grew up watching Baba Black Sheep in the 70s, you know, and, and I just couldn't believe how big the thing was. And I was like, wow, this thing's really cool. And, and then out in the yard, they had an old static, you know, non-flying display of some jets. And one of them was an F-86 Sabre jet. And I saw that and I just, wow, these are really cool. So I, by the end of that day, I rode my motorcycle home. And, you know, this is in the 80s, so we didn't have the Internet and, and all that. And in our house, we just... And I, there was an encyclopedia, and I just went through that, tried to find everything I could about airplanes, and I just got hooked, like, really, really fast. So, so the cars and motorcycles slowly started getting set aside because now I was pursuing airplanes. And uh, I, you know, went through, you know, college time, did uh, airframe power plant license, you know, so I became a FAA mechanic. Um, and that was mainly because I wanted to hang out with old warbirds, World War II airplanes, and be able to work on them and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was important. So worked my way through that. Um, then I went to work for um, Steve Hinton's Fighter Rebuilders, which is a famous aircraft restoration facility. And, you know, we were restoring, you know, P-51 Mustangs and Sky Raiders and you know, all sorts. Still exists. Yeah, it still exists. Yeah, and so um, so I was with that uh, with with Steve and his clan, which was a wonderful time. I mean, that was you know it was just a great thing to get to do, and I did that for. There's a little bit of a blur and some overlap, but um, about nine-ish years, and then I think it was just under ten years, and then um, I started seeing the the desire. I, let me back up a little bit. While I was doing that, I was I started volunteering my time to help coordinate some of the airplanes going to air shows for the for the, the Planes of Fame Air Museum that was out there. Uh, it was co-located with Fighter Rebuilders. And uh, so I, you know, I bought a computer. I learned how to use a computer, taught myself how to type, and you just did all that kind of stuff and kind of started getting more in the management side of things. And so fast forward now to, to that nine-ish years at, uh, at Fighter Rebuilders. And so I went to Steve, you know, my then boss, and said, you know, hey, this museum here needs a lot of help you know, to maybe get to the next level. And there was, you know, it was all kind of run by volunteers and there wasn't really any full staff. So I somehow convinced him that was the right thing to do. And I started doing that. And uh, I, at first it was funny, it was only a budget to do it for four days a week. So I actually worked one day in fighter rebuilders and four days at, at their air museum. And it was just whatever it took. And it was like minimal money. It was just whatever it took to make it work, you know. Was, and um, as time went on, um, did more and more of that, started seeing the, the results. Mm -hmm. And so you know, ultimately ended up being, you know, I was like vice president and general manager of Plains of Fame Air Museum. Steve Hinton was the president. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I like to say I had the best job in the world when that was going on. I tell everybody, <laughs> and, and there's, there's more to it. I had the best job in the world until I came here. And now I have the best job in the world. So, <laughs> so, um, so I guess it's all, you know, perception, but, uh, but anyway, so I was there. I was VP there at, at Plains of Fame Air Museum. And, and meanwhile, and I guess I should add this because I think people don't care about everything I just said except for probably the flying side because <laughs> the flying side is what everybody's all excited about, right? So um, somehow I managed to convince enough people that I was you know, capable of flying airplanes around. And, and so opportunities came up, and I got to fly different airplanes. And you know, I would work on airplanes in the evening in exchange for flight time you know, to get to fly the airplanes and, and you know, start it with a – uh, a Luscombe, 1946 Little Luscombe, uh, that was one. I just got my license and just a Cessna like a lot of people did and then, then got in the Luscombe Tail Dragger, which is a really good trainer for, 
for these type of airplanes. You know, tail draggers with the the wheel in the back, wheel, conventional yes. they call that, not the training wheel that's the nose gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, and no offense to all of our tricycle. Is that what gear. they call that? Is that what? So you, that's, <laughs> I'm just I'm just being funny. And no offense to our tricycle gear friends. Um, but anyway, uh, so I you know, flew the last gun. I flew it for you know 175 hours or something, and then um, I I had a um, I had not by then. I had about 300 hours, and I had an airline pilot friend, a guy named Ray Diekman, and um, and he, I guess for whatever reason, he approached me one day and said, "Hey, I want you to start reading the manual about my T6." And I thought, "Oh, great! He wants me to read the maintenance manual and help him work on it," which I wasn't all that excited about doing because you know I was doing that full time anyway at the time. And and uh, no, he said, "No, no, the flight manual. I want to check you out in my airplane." I said, "Okay, great." So. About 300 hours, I soloed his T6 Texan World War II Advanced Trainer. We have one here at Lion Air mm-hmm. Museum, of course. And uh, so I was, you know, 23, 24. I think I just turned 24. And, uh, you know, I was taking it to air shows and, and all that. You know, and Ray was really kind to do that. He had a Vampire Jet, which is a, a British, you know, de Havilland, you know, Vampire Jet. And uh, um, so the two of us would go to air shows he'd take the jet i'd take the you know his t6 and so that was kind of a fun thing to get to do for a couple years and uh and so i was building flight time i think i had about 350 hours so i had about 50 hours in the t6 and uh and i looked around and planes of fame always had a, a kind of an unwritten rule and you know, correct me out in the world if, if i'm wrong but it was always kind of like you know you need to have about 500 hours before you get to fly an airplane and it, that's a planes of fame airplane and that's what I wanted to do. And so I thought, well, I need to get about another 150 hours. How can I do that? And, I, you know, I was, I didn't have a lot of money or anything and flight time. I didn't own an airplane, so it was kind of a tough thing to do. And um, one of Ray Diekman's friends, a guy named Don Lee, um, had a, a Piper Cub. And so he, he said, hey, you know, just as long as you maintain the airplane, put as many hours on it as you want. I thought, wow, that's a pretty cool little offer. So over about six months, I put it pretty close to 150 hours on it. it took me about six mm-hmm. months so which was a lot because I had a full-time job yeah. and you know I had a son in school and all this stuff going on but what I would do is on the on the days I could I'd get up and be at the airport when it was still dark and I'd pull the airplane out and the airplane had no electrical system in it and so it had to be propped you know hand propped oh. to start it and uh, and I'd tie it to the front of my truck you know the tail of the front of my truck and start it you know just as the sun was coming up and strap into it and I remember it being pretty cold sometimes you know and having a flight suit and leather jacket and Nomex gloves and and a little handheld radio and I'd just go out and fly until you know 745 put the airplane away and then by 8 a.m. be over at you know at that time fighter rebuilders so I could you know um, go to work and uh, so I did that so thanks thanks to Don Lee who was a World War II uh, B-17 air crew member by the way Uh, um, so he uh, uh, and a local guy here um, but so thanks to him, I was able to build that flight time into about 500 hours. And uh, and then somebody at one point said, oh, no, there's no rule. But but anyway, <laughs> um, but so I got checked out in the in the Planes of Fame T-6. And so to fly a T-6, you're flying at Planes of Fame. It's one of the you know world-renowned aviation museums, the best of the best kind of place. And and so now I'm flying a, you know, a kind of heavier, you know, warbird at Planes of Fame. So I thought I'd really arrived. I thought that was, you know, that was pretty much a goal. Um so anyway, I was doing that. Now, if you want to know, um, if you back up to 1987, May of 1987, I started there in June of 86, but I had not gone for a ride in an airplane. I'd been in airliners as a kid, but I had not been in any private small airplanes. 
um, opportunity came uh, to fly in Steve Hinton's P-51 Mustang with a guy named Brian Morton, who was an American Airlines pilot. And um, it was my first small airplane ride. So my first, it wasn't a Piper, it wasn't a Cessna, it was... P-51. It was a P-51 Mustang. So. The, the Cadillac of the sky yeah, is what Cadillac, they call it. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, I, you know, that was my first ride in that airplane. And uh, this is kind of a neat story. And it's not about me, but it's just because I'm sentimental and I just love this kind of stuff. I'm a nerd for it. Um, I didn't fly in that Mustang for another 10 years. I didn't go for a ride in. I didn't go anywhere. I just rode in at that one time. I flew in the back of other Mustangs, but I didn't fly in that one. And then um, the last day of 1997, so 10 years later, um, New Year's Eve, 97, Steve Hinton let me borrow his P-51 to do my first solo, P-51 solo. So so it was 10 years later, it was that same P-51. And so, you know, at that moment when I was taxiing out, I'd only been in that airplane one other time, and that was my first ever small airplane ride. And now now I'm going, you know, with obviously with flight time now, I got 700 hours of flight time by then or whatever. And and I'm taxiing out mm-hmm. to take off in Steve's P-51 Mustang. So that's that Wee Willie 2. You can see it all over the Internet. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's that the one that was in our museum the one, yes, for the air show. For the air at, show, yes. At the, um, the Huntington Beach Great Pacific Air Show. Um, so anyway, that's just little for that all the people. Fun, that's a nice story, though. People out there in Warbird world yes. who who like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I I appreciate it. You know, even mm-hmm. though I got to live it, I appreciate it as if I was just watching somebody else do it too, because it's just such a cool little neat story. And you know, I've been very you know blessed to be able to do that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. You say you have the greatest job, but I think we say we have the greatest job. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys actually do. Your job's pretty much almost as cool as mine. Yeah. <laughs> I see you guys every day. It looks like you're having a ball, everything you do. We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. And that's something, you know, um, you know, I see and appreciate because, you know, I've over the years, even though I feel like I'm really young, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, you know, middle aged now and <clears throat> I've worked with a lot of different people and I've, you know, watched people work for other people. And there's very few that I've seen many years that I say, hey, that's the what I call like the A-team. That's the, the best. Those people, you know, are dedicated and, and they're here and they understand the mission. And that's putting it back on you. That's you too. So Marcus and Jade, Aww. right here. Oh, you got that yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got it, we got it. Yeah, got audio yeah. recording. Yeah, yeah. So you picked us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's true. Well, you found us. Yes. And then I found you, right? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. how that works. So, so anyway, um, that's what makes this place great. I, you know, it's uh, it's the people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great it's a great organization. Um, it's a great venue. Um, and of course, you know, the, the assets we have here, you know, the, the planes and the, and all that stuff is, is, is great too, but the people really push it over the top. What would be a plane that you said, like, like, what was it? What would it be like a plane that you've always wanted to fly that you finally got to fly? Which one, what plane would that be? Well, the P-51 was the goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, just growing up looking at that, I always thought, you know, if I could only fly one. And, and I thought about this. I, mean, I went to bed every night thinking about this for a long time. But if I could only fly one and I could only fly it once, it'd have to be the P-51 because it's the, you know, it's the, the most recognized, you know, World War II fighter, right? Mm-hmm. So, or the most recognized fighter of all mm-hmm. time, past and present, I think, you know. And, and so it was a P-51. It doesn't mean it was my favorite. It was mm-hmm. just the one that I had to do, yes. you know. And so I'd say the P-51. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's others I like, mm-hmm. and they each have their own neat thing about thing, it. Yeah. But, but that was the one, and I, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You won't, you won't, you won't have a favorite plane. You um, really like a lot, or you have? Yeah, a you know, 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny because people always ask that, and, you know, and there's always those funny answers like, well, the one you're flying at that moment, which is actually a pretty good answer, um, but each one has something different. And I'm not, I'm not like some, I mentioned the name Steve Hinton a few yeah. times, right? Yeah. I mean, that guy's flown all of them, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, and so I'm not anywhere in that, you know, in that caliber, you know, I'm just <laughs> not, but, but I've gotten to do some really neat things, and, um, and I've learned a little bit about each airplane that I think makes that airplane special. And, you know, like take a, you know, an SBD Dauntless Dive Bomber, you know, that's, you know, for one, there's only, so there's, cool. they're, they're incredibly rare. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you think of the Battle of Midway, what a, that's, what a great yeah, thing. And, and I've, I, and I've been able to, to fly one and take people who sat in them in the gunner position back in World War II, and now they're in it again, and I'm taking them flying. I mean, that, what, you know, what a great thing to do. And plus, it's super easy airplane to fly. I mean, it's just the most stable, easy to land, oh, yeah, easy yeah. to taxi, yeah. even though it's a big tail dragger airplane. It's, <laughs> it's just like a big old baby buggy, and it's, it's just so well, <laughs> so well designed for that. So, so that has its there's a certain time mm -hmm. when that's the one you want to fly, mm -hmm. right? And then P-51 is the Cadillac yeah, of the sky, yeah. right? It's, it's you know, you taxi, it's got several tailwheel, it's really easy, mm -hmm. it, it's it got that great sound to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you sit in it, it's I, I guess it's kind of the difference between like, you know, like a Porsche and a pickup truck. You know, one of the airplanes would be, and I'll tell you which one that is, is like the pickup truck, and, and then the Mustang is more like the Porsche, where it's all well thought out. Not to say it's like a German thing, because I know that was the, you know, the adversary back then, but, uh, you know, the throttle's right where it should be, the way you sit, everything about it, it's just super comfortable. Every time you get in, you go, oh, yeah, this is this is built right. Um, and now let's go to the pickup truck, which I love as well, is the Corsair. The Corsair is just, you sit in it, it's an awkward where everything is, even where the pilot sits, the pilot sits behind the center of gravity, pretty far behind the center of gravity. The wing is forward, so if you're sitting in the cockpit and you look down, you actually look at the ground, whereas in a P-51, you're looking at the top of the wing. You know, Never so you're way far that. back. Mm -hmm. The nose is really long, and it's got that big 13-foot, one-inch propeller or whatever the, it is out, out really far away from you. The engine's just, like, forever out there. Um, it's awkward to taxi. You know, it's the, it doesn't have steerable tailwheel. It's a tailwheel's free to caster or locked, so it's just lock or unlock. So you really have to, you know, of course, use full rudder, and then you're using intermittent brake, you know, mm -hmm. to, to steer it on the ground. And, and you start going one way, you're automatically already going the other way to arrest the swerve you got going. So you have to S-turn these because you can't see forward at oh, all. Yeah. I mean, there could be a whole airplane in front of you, and you're not going to see it. That's how blind it is looking mm -hmm. forward. And, yeah, so you have to um, do S-turns. And, you know, in a Mustang, you do S-turns, and it's got a steerable tailwheel, and it's kind of easy to do. And um, in the Corsair, if you do S-turns and you, you know, look down for a second to change a radio frequency as you're taxiing out or something, you look up and you're in the dirt. I mean, <laughs> now, that's not from experience. We've never had that happen, but I could see how it could. I mean, it, it takes a lot more attention to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's awkward. It's like that big truck, like I mentioned. But the controls on it are feather light, mm -hmm. lighter than the Mustang. You wow. know, the Mustang's controls are a little heavier. And anybody out there in Radio Land or whatever this is, I uh, podcast land, <laughs> who knows better, who flies both. Hey, this is just my opinion here. But, uh, you know, the Corsair has just incredibly light controls on it. And you take off, and it's just like fingering you know, like that. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's just so light. Mm -hmm. And the Mustang's a little a little heavier, yeah. you know. It's nice, but mm -hmm. it's just a little heavier. So, so there you go. And, um, you know, I like, you know, 
the Army Air Corps, the Air Force history of the Mustangs escorting B-17s in World War II is just an unbelievable story. And so that aspect is really neat to me. But then I also think of those naval aviators flying off aircraft carriers and islands in the Pacific during World War II, you know, landing on little islands on, you know, PSP perforated steel plank, uh, uh, steel matting that they put out on the ground, they land out there and there's palm trees everywhere and they're just out in the middle of the Pacific somewhere. You know, that's a pretty neat story as well. So, um, so anyway, I like them all. But you know, the one, the one that I like the most is that old L-19, oh, one bird dog. You gotta dog. plug that in. Yeah, yeah. 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 just about yeah. to ask yeah. about that. Favorite yeah. Dog. yeah, 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 that, that is, um, and, and the reason, okay, for, you know, it's, it's always nice when it's your own little airplane, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, my personal airplane. And, um, it, you know, it's the type of airplane you just put a headset on. You know, it's not a helmet and a flight suit, you know, even though that you could, I guess you, but it, you can take somebody that's dual controlled. They can fly. It's got great visibility out of it. It's got super interesting history. You know, the guys who are flying those in Korea and Vietnam, what they were doing and mm-hmm. uh, as forward air controller, air, uh, you know, pilots. And, and so that's a wonderful airplane mm-hmm. too. Well, you and, built that. Yeah. yeah so, because that was when you, you, when you got that airplane, right? It was in yeah. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that airplane. Um, it's funny. I'm funny about dates, but it was June 22nd, uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> Um, you know, it took me six and a half years to restore it. And uh, uh, it was a pile of parts when I got it. I mean, literally, it was just a pile of parts. And it was pretty bashed in, too. It had had a little landing incident, um, and it bent a lot of metal on it. So, you know, the thing had to you know, kind of go into a fixture and, you know, had to replace a lot of stuff in it and skins and all that. And then we just went through the whole airplane six and a half years later. And I had, um, for the most part, you know, a lot of friends support with, you know, parts and resources, but uh, I did, you know, 99% of the work myself with the exception of the paint. And the paint was uh, a good friend of mine, Corey O'Brien, who uh, volunteered his time to help me. And, and he did the actual, I laid out markings and he painted and then he painted the teeth on it and all that kind of stuff. Took the cowling home and did that, mm-hmm. you know, just sit, you know, sitting in his living room or something at night, you know, painted that, the teeth on there. And, um, you know, that's six and a half years later, you know, I got an airplane to fly. And so it does mean something to mm-hmm. me as well. But my favorite thing about it is really just taking people and sharing the experience mm-hmm. with others. And I've taken, you know, hundreds of people flying in it probably, and or at least it seems like that. And, and we both got, we both, we both yeah. flew yeah. on yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. And that was it the coolest was airplane so you've cool. ever it ridden cool. in. It's so yeah. awesome. It's an observation. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I was, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, that was my first small airplane ride at all. So Scary. it was, Oh, there you go. So like me, metal and, yeah. yeah. So maybe ten years from now you'll be soloing it, right? Like, yeah. Same thing with the Mustang. First small airplane ride, and then you know, next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're flying it. But uh, but anyway, so you ask what what are the favorites? You know, they're all they're all super neat. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I mentioned my top, and it's probably the reason I mentioned those tops is because those are pretty much the the highlights of my flying with those airplanes right there. And you know, I've gotten you know times in B twenty five and. Piper Cubs and all sorts of other airplanes, but that those were the the highlights I think right, right there. We're mm-hmm. very happy that you're you're the pilot for us for air oh. shows. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, pretty one cool. of them, you know, we've got it obviously, you know, the yeah. guys like Randy Sherman and Matt Walker who you know were flying Amazing. our stuff and Amazing you know they time. do a great job and and all that and you know we're we're a flying museum but we don't we're not actively flying you know every week like some museums. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we find the right match or the right mix between what we're doing with the school kids coming in, you know, almost every week and our 
the corporate events we do here and all the other educational stuff and then flying. And I think we've kind of got that, that balance right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously flying more sometimes. We always have something better. going on. Yes. Yeah, we always so have something going on. Yeah. 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 So we won't hold you we too are. much. I know you, you got to get wanted back. to know kind of what your goal or what do you see for us here in the Yeah, because I know we've been here just now 10 years. Yeah. So, like, now what do we look forward for now to the next yeah. 10 years, you know? What do you, what do you want to see? Oh, yeah. A P-51. Oh, <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> Is there anybody out there listening? No, but, uh, no, uh, yeah, of course, a P-51 would be a great addition. But, uh, you know, we've got airplanes that, you know, we could utilize more as well, you know. So that's, you know, looking at the B-25 right now. The B-25 has been kind of a back burner airplane, and, and we want to obviously bring that to the – to the front and, and fly that a bit and still while maintaining the C-47 and, you know, and the T-6, you know, T-6 is, you know, a great airplane and all that. So, so, um, so that's probably our, our, you know, what's next, right? Is get the, the B-25 kind of, you know, get it uh, awakened mm -hmm. and, and get it flying. And, you know, I'm sure Matt and Randy and, you know, others, was, and it's one of my favorites actually in the hangar as well. I just have always loved B-25s mm -hmm. and so. Sound of yeah, the makes. Yeah. Great, great airplane, yeah. great history. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, we've got one of our volunteers, um, you know, Bud Carter who, yeah. who flew them yes. and, you know, I know he'll be all excited to see that thing going again. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, so that's, that's the smaller next, right? Yeah. But yeah. then there's the bigger, you know, yeah. and I think the, the more, you know, technology is something that, uh, you know, we'll be able to take more and more advantage of as time goes on and, and make the visitor experience, you know, more immersive. And um, I, I think that's that's out there. Uh, we've, we've got a, you know, great curator and Jeff Erickson, you know, what, what he's doing with, you know, I, I mean, the, the I call it kind of historical scholarship. And I don't even know if that's a real legitimate phrase or not, but it always fills in for me is, when, when you're telling the story and you're telling it accurately and, and he is doing that, you know, through the displays that he's been adding, you know, the different display cases and, you know, the, the, the you know, Bill Lindbergh doing the models and, yes. and all that kind of stuff that uh, is really helping tell the story. And we have so much further to go with that. So yes, and we're building yeah. more, I think, because yeah, yeah. we just had the new cases that yeah. are being yeah, installed upstairs. Yeah. So, so that's, that's an important thing. Um, you know, we're doing, you know, more, you know specific uh, events you know and some of them you know we've we, we have other things and we're trying to do some cross promotion so to speak so that we get new people yeah. engaged in these older stories yeah. right and so we found you know the automotive world there was a lot of people i call them kind of gearheads who love all this stuff but they're not very acquainted with it they know what a b-17 is but they didn't know there's one in orange county and they didn't know they could come see it and learn about it and all that and so some of these car events we do is bringing a lot more and i think that's part of the reason why our attendance is growing yeah, is because definitely. you know the events you guys are coordinating and putting on are you know it's translating into more people seeing the museum and and that's what we want to continue to do you know we've had you know a, a, you know i don't know well over a hundred thousand people of course come through the museum and uh you know we're working on our first million mm -hmm. and and we'll get there we'll, 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 get there. we'll have a million people come <laughs> through this museum Put that on, that's, I plan to be there that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully next year. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so yes, much. Thanks. Oh, Mark. well, thank you. All righty. What a special guest, huh, for our last episode of the Very year. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Things falling apart. <laughs> that's it's good. He loosened it. <laughs> he he hit it. He it. hit Oh, the mic fell apart. It's okay. We'll get, well, that's we'll, it for me. <laughs> we'll get new stuff. Let me turn off Mark's mic.
Um. <laughs> there we go. You got it? Yep. There we go. Okay. That so, was very cool. That was very cool, you know, different perspective on yeah. it, you know, from yeah. his side and you know, of course He's always he's always supported us on um on a lot of things that we do and his input really helps us and, and mm-hmm. we're really thankful to have him as a boss, really, right? Yeah, of course yeah, I know it's he doesn't really get into our business, you know, he just he just supports us from far away and that's how you Yes, and yeah, succeed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he sees the end product. And yeah, that's that's what it. That's good. Yeah, he's easy boss. <laughs> but of course, you know it is the holidays, and we have to make sure that you are taken care of for Christmas. So we, um, of course, Lion Air Museum has a wonderful gift shop, and we have d- picked a few items that I think you know your your little one or your older one or you know whoever it is it's of all ages will enjoy these christmas gifts i think for um for this holiday season so um jade do you have an item that you're you're all over about um i really like the the lapel pin that we just had the the brand new one yes the lion x one yes I don't know. Something about the design is very awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Voice Rumsey uh, created that for us, and he um, he's our photographer. He and he's he's an amazing guy, but he created that for us, and um, it means a lot to wear something like that mm-hmm. ten years and to be a part of something mm-hmm. like that. So I think that would be my favorite at the moment. But all the shirts that you designed for us for, oh. for our um, 10 year, Ten year anniversary yes, is the four. really cool. I mean, the, the shirts are really cool looking and they're n- different colors mm-hmm. and they're soft and mm-hmm. I can wear it to the gym. Yeah, I know it's awesome. and it's, it, it, and you can use it really anywhere. Those yeah. four different designs from the four different planes, you know, yeah. with the B-17, I think the C-47. It's the, classy. Yes, and it adds <laughs> a lot, you know, and it, you know, you can wear it anywhere, wherever you are, you know, the colors are great too. You can mix with green and gray and all that and I think that would have to be my that's you your know, favorite. That's my favorite oh. item because it's easy. You know, it's you know, it's easy to g- give someone for the holidays uh, a T-shirt and mm-hmm. to to show off as well. Like it's the greatest generation, you know, and it's b- locally based in Orange County. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. And you know, usually the guests that we see come in through the door, so usually like, oh, I didn't know you guys were here. You know, it, it didn't. You know, it's yeah. all in this little little bubble. And I think we're you know, the more people we get, you know, they see it. And I think. You know, the shirts, you know, help as well. You know, yeah. walking, promoting Yeah, it's material. so crazy to know that there's 500 shirts out there floating somewhere. Somewhere like around. People are wearing it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just... They're not in our closet. We didn't buy them all. We, they're, they're out and about. <laughs> 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 you know, and but I think, you know, for the kids as well, I think, you know, those little stunt jets that we, we sell. Oh, yeah, those are cute. Yeah, and they're little, little foam little things, but they go far. Yeah. You know, I can probably count how many have ended up on our roof. You know, I'm not going to count yet. Yeah, um, we have lots of toys for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so come by and Come by, get of course. One. You know, and if you're, you know, you're listening to us and you're not based, you know, in Orange County, you know, we are more than welcome to help accommodate you in mm-hmm. getting those items. We don't just do you. podcasts. We ship. Yes. We don't just we don't talk on a mic all day. I think we ship. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is I think quite you know great about 
museum is you know there's things that we you know we appeal to all ages you know with the model kits we have you know for you know the the beginner you know even though they're beginner model kits i think i think it's great stepping stone for them to you know learn how to put together Mm -hmm. which you know leads them to become engineers and all that so i think that's fun and exciting as well inspire the kids that's what we're here for yes of course and then let's talk about you know last thoughts for the for the year i know we're ending this year quite on a high you know we've we've met a lot of great people a lot of you know fun and exciting things have happened throughout the year and i think you know do you have any final thoughts you want to add for the year no i'm just excited for 2020 a new decade a new decade we're ending the decade strong we're going to enter it even stronger with the with the great momentum we have and you know and of course to the people at home you know we'll end i think we'll end on a on a song i think do you have a you Christmas song you want to end on? Sign. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not no. Let's end on a high, very nice, high-paced. Um, it's on a quiet day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, everyone at home that are lis- is listening or have listened to all, uh, have listened to some of our episodes or all of our episodes on On the Flight Line. I want to thank you guys. I think for joining us on this season of On the Flight Line. You know, it's been an honor to host this show and to get to talk to so many people to sit across the table. Um, it's just been amazing and special and hopefully we will be back next year in 2020 we'll see Um, and of course we wanted to wish you guys all everyone at home on this holiday season a Merry Christmas Happy Holidays (laughs) and Happy New Year and Happy New Year and Happy 10 Years yes and of course uh, as we always end every show every on the flight line show till we meet again and blue skies to you have a great Christmas everyone